everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're taking a look at the book of 1 Kings as a whole. And if you've been following along in the Join the Journey journals, you know that the key word for 1 Kings is division, or some of you may know it as divide. And the outline for the book goes as follows. In chapters 1 through 11, we see the United Kingdom, aka the 12 tribes of Israel. And then in chapters 12 through 22, we see the divided kingdom, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. So really, This is a book, a book that tracks the progression of Israel's leadership from David to Solomon and into chaos. But let's get into the specifics. Who wrote 1 Kings? We don't know. But many scholars believe it was written by the prophet Jeremiah between 560 and 540 B.C. And while we're intentionally looking at 1 Kings today, it's important that we note that these books, 1 and 2 Kings, were initially written as one complete book. So in a few weeks, when you see the book overview on Watermark social media, you'll notice that just as we did 1 and 2 Samuel together, 1 and 2 Kings are put together as well. And the Got Questions website summarizes 1 Kings like this. The book of 1 Kings starts with Solomon and ends with Elijah. The difference between the two gives you an idea as to what lies between. Solomon was born after a palace scandal between David and Bathsheba. Like his father, he had a weakness for women that would bring him down. Solomon did well at first, praying for wisdom and building a temple to God that took seven years to construct. But then he spent 13 years building a palace for himself. His accumulation of many wives led him to worship their idols and away from God. After Solomon's death, Israel was ruled by a series of kings, most of whom were evil and idolatrous. The nation fell further away from God, and even the preaching of Elijah could not bring them back. Among the most evil kings were Ahab and his queen, Jezebel, who brought the worship of Baal to new heights in Israel. Elijah tried to turn the Israelites back to the worship of Yahweh, challenging the idolatrous priests of Baal to a showdown with God on Mount Carmel. Of course, God won. This made Queen Jezebel angry, to say the least. She ordered Elijah's death, so he, Elijah, ran away and hid in the wilderness. Depressed and exhausted, he said, let me die. But God sent food and encouragement to the prophet and whispered to him in a quiet, gentle sound, and in the process saved his life for further work. This section of the article concludes. And I think it's a pretty good plot overview. We start with David passing off leadership to Solomon. Then the temple is built as well as Solomon's palace. After this, we see Solomon take many women as his wives and thus begins the steep decline of the kingdom. At that point, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, had the right to start ruling. I always think Rehoboam, right. But his servant, Jeroboam, starts pulling for the throne, and we see the kingdom divide and Two, it splits in accordance with 1 Kings 11.11, which reads, Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Leaving Israel with ten tribes to be the northern kingdom under the servant's rule, and Judah with two tribes to be the southern kingdom under Solomon's son's rule. And after the nation divides, we see two nations, or two kingdoms, really. But especially the northern kingdom, they run farther and farther away from God's ways. 
later on in the book, we're reminded that God always sends reminders to his people, reminding them to turn from their sinful ways, repent, and turn back to God. And most often, these reminders are prophets, messengers sent from God to speak a word of God to God's people. Not always, but most of the time, they're speaking to God's people. And one of the messengers who arrives to God's people during this time period, chronicled in 1 Kings, is Elijah. And in regards to Elijah, the Got Questions website puts it like this. Elijah the prophet was the forerunner of Christ and the apostles of the New Testament. God enabled Elijah to do miraculous things in order to prove that he was truly a man of God. He raised from the dead the son of a widow, causing her to exclaim, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. And in the same way, men of God who spoke his words through his power are evident in the New Testament. Not only did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, but he also raised the son of a widow, that's Luke 7, 14 and 15, and Jairus' daughter in Luke 8, 52 through 56. The apostle Peter raised Dorcas, Acts 9, 40, and Paul raised Eutychus in Acts 29 through 12. The article concludes. For all of us, this should be a good reminder that as we read 1 Kings, and really all of the Old Testament, we should be looking for ways in which we actively see that Christ fulfilled the law and is the better Elijah, the better Solomon, the better David, and so on. All of the scriptures, even 1 Kings, point to Jesus. In another Got Questions article, it, it concludes by saying, in regards to 1 Kings, that the book of 1 Kings has many lessons for believers. We see a warning about the company we keep, and especially in regard to close associations in marriage. The kings of Israel, who, like Solomon, married foreign women, exposed themselves and the people they ruled to evil. As believers in Christ, we must be very careful about whom we choose as friends, business associates, and spouses. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character, 1 Corinthians 15.33. Additionally, the article continues, Elijah's experience in the wilderness also teaches a valuable lesson. After his incredible victory over the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, his joy turned to sorrow when he was pursued by Jezebel and fled for his life. Such mountaintop experiences are often followed by a letdown and the depression and discouragement that can follow. We have to be on guard for this type of experience in the Christian life. But our God is faithful and will never leave or forsake us. The quiet, gentle sound that encouraged Elijah will encourage us. And there are so many different points of application in this book, be it spending some time thinking about who you spend the most time with or thinking about how our God will never leave us. There's a challenge or a piece of encouragement for everyone. So even though we're reading through the Old Testament, don't miss the Christological significance or the deep points of application. I think we'll find the book of First Kings to be inspirational, convicting, and helpful. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.